Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode number 666. Oh shoot, no, I'm sorry, it's 166. And who was, hey, that? Who was that supposed to be? How you doing? I think it was the devil. Oh, it was? I thought it was supposed to be dancing or something. The devil went down to Georgia, Neil, actually. Oh, that's right, you did go down to Georgia, actually, kind of. The devil went down to Alabama. Did you just put an anyway, effect on you your doing, voice? Man? I'm doing okay. I'm Matt. You? No, I just that's my like that's my scary voice. Oh yeah, it sounded like something went wrong with the Skype there for a second. Then it got super deep. Quite <laughs> quite, quite apart like, from the people... quite apart from the regular voice. Mm. Well, listen, I'm a man of many voices. I can go from tender Tom to the devil in just the drop of a hat. You know. No, it does sound like that. Actually, it's kind of weird. Like just when you said stuff just then, it sounds like Skype is actually putting some kind of effect on your voice. It's making it a little gravelly. So. Uh, kind of interesting really no that's that's my i think that's just the fact that i have a little bit of the sniffles oh so yeah that's your coming back from vacation because tom has been on vacation for the last week if yes you, yeah if you wondered yes. why we hadn't been uh well we have still been putting episodes out once a week but we haven't been putting out multiple a week and that's because we've both been busy tom right you've been you've yes. been in with the, in the, in the, the bosom of your nice. family bosom of your family yes when the weather gets nice, too, yeah, we'll probably be more like once a week. I mean, we'll still do one a week. I can't imagine we won't do that because we are very, you know, Johnny Ramone, blue-collar, working stiffs. That's right. Um, but it, I don't know. Like I said, we, we have a few guests kind of coming up, and they might all come on the same week, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then you'll start getting episodes where we don't say the number of the episode at the beginning anymore because we don't know what the heck we're going to do with them. But that's all right. It, it was actually interesting, though, because we we ran out of episodes. We did. We are actually, yes, there's nothing in the larder right now. We are empty. Yes. Which doesn't happen. So I think that's only happened like once or twice before. It's sort of it's sort of scary, but sort of exhilarating because we're sort of staring into the abyss, right? Just sort of... I tell you what, if you people beg us hard enough, we will put out... Uh, maybe we'll put it on Patreon. <laughs> we'll, do on Patreon. we'll put out the, <laughs> uh, the demo episode that Tom and I did when we were first Ooh, kicking boy. around, first kicking around the idea of doing this show. We, we, we recorded a preview episode. <laughs> I don't know about that deal. I believe we named names, or at least I did. <laughs> yes, I yes, yes, yes. You did, but man, that was a, that was a freewheeling conversation from what I remember. That, was a that really one. was. That's what we, we knew. We knew we had something. Yeah. So, yep. Um <laughs> Don't quite know yeah, what it is, but we had something. <laughs> it's funny, you know. So, uh, so of course you can reach us. You know, Punk Die uh, podcast on Facebook, Punk Die Die podcast group on Facebook continues to grow one or two people a week, um, and uh, Punk Till I Die seventy seven at Gmail. I don't think we. I don't think we have a ton of emails to read this time. So now we've been getting um, emails from our good new friend in England. He's been sending us uh, Ben, I believe, right? Um, he's been sending oh, us a lot of right. emails. Yeah, and in fact, we we might read one of his. He has a good one. He went to see Step Little well, he Fingers. Did like a show review. For, yeah, he, he did. did like a show review for us. That's yeah, right. That's he did. Right. So it's very long. Ben is uh, is definitely not big into uh, self censorship. He's like the Martin Scorsese of letter writers. <laughs> it could be worse. Just, just... Yeah, no, no, it's good. I'm not I, th- even I think I think the ones I used to write to Punk News back before we even had this show were longer. Some of them I used to write missives. Could be, yes. But you know, there's people that wish they would have never read those letters, Neil. Never <laughs> let you had contact with me. Yes, and they're all in Sweden or wherever the hell that guy is from. Yeah, exactly. Well, once again, you know, and and we've had a couple people reach out and mention it that uh, you know we are we are 100% Punk News free now. We are we are doing our own thing. We are. We are not uh, affiliated with. I mean, we are we are our own name brand now. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we so. should we should we should thank those guys uh, really because they hosted our show for free for 160 episodes. Yes. So, um, you know, and kudos no, to no, them. No, that's absolutely yeah. true. But I do wonder if 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess there was no advertising or anything, so I guess they weren't making any money off it. So yeah, that was that was Aubin and the Punk News crew, and of course, you know, they helped us out quite a bit when we started. So we uh, we do appreciate the impact they've had on us. But it, you know, we're big boys. It was time for us to uh, swim on our own, right, Neil? Yeah, I think well, I think so. And also, it's uh, you know, we get like we get pro level tech support now, and you know, we can get stats on the show and uploading. Yes. God damn, I didn't realize uploading could be this easy. Like people always, when they'd ask me about the podcast, other podcasters, and I'm like, yeah, when I wanna when I wanna upload an episode, I have to. Uh, change the xml file upload the xml file with the show um write some notes and they're like looking at me like i'm mental and now i see why because now with our new interface it's just you, you click a button that says upload and then <laughs> and then you and then you point it at the show and bang there it is it's up you know almost instantly so it's i think the whole the whole thing with punk news because i asked one time i said what do we use here use wordpress which is kind of the common program for writing for websites yep for for at least for like the content yeah the content yeah yeah and uh they don't it's just like some custom thing that's sort of patched together so i suspect the um podcasting thing was similar to that that would yeah. be my guess yeah well, I think but i must it... say i was talking to greg uh our friend greg who does the they might be giants podcast called uh it might be a podcast or this might be a podcast or something mm-hmm. like that yep i don't want to i don't want to screw it up but he was also so punk news all the podcasts are separated from punk news i think they ran out of room in their server or something and it wasn't like we got thrown off and greg got thrown off it's like even the main punk news podcast is off it's all they're all independent now um but Greg does Patreon, and he was telling me what he raked in a month. I don't know if that was he, if you were in that conversation, or it was just he I was. and I. I oh, I was. That. Yeah, that was. Pretty I was eye-opening. kind of shocked at the amount of money he brings in that month, or a month. And I think his podcast is like ours in that I don't know that he has the world's largest audience, but I think they're pretty devoted. Yeah, I think you you're know. right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think. But if I still, it, I'm well, still very uncomfortable with the concept of it for a couple of reasons: the Patreon thing, because when you do the Patreon thing. Not only are you begging for money, which I hate, because we don't need this money. It's not like we're doing this as a job, right? Right. But also, you um, you t- tend to like generate exclusive content for people who pay. Right. Yes. You the know, concept, like you're saying, yep. like our demo, like our demo episode or whatever, or you yep. and I, you know, you know, going to the bar, getting drunk, and just letting the recorder run or something, you know. And uh, I've always despised that idea when it comes to like punk rock. I always hate it when you go to a punk festival, but you can get like VIP tickets or whatever even though i bought them and we didn't get into this we got into this because we were watching bands like you know you were watching bands like slade or i was watching bands like motley crew or whatever and it was like there was such a huge divide between the audience and the musicians and that's part of the reason that i think drew a lot of us into punk rock but now we're kind of getting that same divide even in the punk rock world you know that's why i don't like the idea of the vip or the exclusive content or any of that stuff will we never do it i don't know i'm not making any promises but We'll see. The only way I'd see that as being, I know, I know exactly what you mean by that, especially about the divide between the audience and the and the and the people on stage, etc. The only place I would see that there is a room for the VIP stuff is when you were talking something like punk rock bowling, or even even like Riot Fest, where basically it's an outdoor festival for eight hours, 
And, uh, you know, do you want to be in the sea of humanity sweating your balls off for eight hours? Or, you know, you pay a little bit extra and be under the shade where you can actually get drinks, you know, within, within yeah, 10 with minutes. Yeah, with the tea and trumpet crowd. Uh, yeah, well, no, yeah, now I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think part of it is because we're older, we can afford it. Yes, well, but I of still course. sort of dis I dislike it in principle, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, like, the, it, like if, the clubs, you know, you and I've talked about this, like the clubs that are still doing the vax thing. It's like, you know, you're vaxxed, you're boosted, all that, but in principle, you have an issue, you issue with it, and that's the way I feel about the VIP stuff. Like I said, I bought Riot Fest tickets VIP, mm-hmm. but the principle of it bothers me, even though. Riot Fest now has like a super VIP that's like fifteen hundred bucks. Yes, you can basically sit on stage. <laughs> yes, like I said, I think that, that you could choose one person from the general admission to have murdered. <laughs> Just one. So it's it's worth the money. I'd pay more. <laughs> I don't know. How do you narrow it down to just one? Yeah. Well, now, now the fun, now the funny thing. Okay, so the, the outdoor festival thing. Like I said, I can kind of understand that, especially in the heat of the summer. Better call out a plumber. Um, but when it but comes it's to like punk rock, you can understand. Yeah, it. yeah, it's, but hold on. It's against the very principles of punk rock. Yeah, but it's even worse. Like the what the club show ones, where you pay more and you get in early and you get to like glad hand with the band for like ten minutes or something. And I guess you know, well, you can get into a sound check sometimes. That one seems yeah. that one seems really incongruous to me. Uh, but well, the, at least that one. Once again, you never know what we're going to talk about when we start, right? Because this is t- yeah. totally off the cuff. Totally but, off the cuff. But the fact of the matter is I have less of a problem with that just because that's the bands, and the bands are getting the money, and these bands, it's hard to make a living as a touring band anymore. I guess. So I yeah, I, okay, that. I guess that, yeah. As opposed to the Riot Fest guys who have spent, you know, I mean, Riot Fest is a multi-million dollar operation at this point. You know, they probably had to hand out hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bribes to the crooked aldermen in Chicago just to throw the thing. You probably. Know? I mean, it's a huge event. So I, I just, it's just that point, it's just greed. You know, and you could say, oh, we get bigger acts. Well, the festival's not better for having bigger acts. The festival's not better with the Smashing Pumpkins headlining than it was with Coxbar headlining, you know? Oh, At least for me. Wow, Tom, made I mean, a good point there. There's more money, but it's not, it's not a, you know. But I know, I, you know, and the fact of the matter is maybe if we went, you know, the first, I think the second year I went to Riot Fest and went VIP. But at that point, they were still handing out huge amounts of drink tickets and stuff where you're like, it almost pays for itself. Mm-hmm. But now it's like you get five drink tickets for three days. What do you do after noon on the first day, Neil? <laughs> yeah, you'll be run out by 10, by 10 a.m. on the first day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Attacking other 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 anyway, VIP this members. A, this is more of a me problem than... No, I Maybe no, I no, I do see ex- exactly what you mean. Okay, now so tell me because I've never done the VIP thing. So when you did it at Riot Fest, does it get you like? Can you see the stage better? Do you have better sight? Like how, especially with Riot no, Fest, I where there's like five stages. Point, at the year we did it, that was not a thing. It was mostly the drink tickets and. I think a different entrance, maybe, so you didn't have to wait in line with all the scoffing rabble. Oh, that is true, man. I would pay to do that, because that fucking standing in that line for like an hour in the beating sun in that shitty neighborhood, I could see wanting to do that. Well, sure. and, and and listening to the bands you wanted to see early playing while you're standing there <laughs> waiting in line. Or listening to some dickhead who's brought his boombox and is playing some horrific thrash nonsense. Some guy trying to explain to you how Machine Gun Kelly's the future of punk rock. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Tom nails it in one right there. All right, all right. Listen, I'll play a song now, and this song is very, is very random. I found this band last year when I was on vacation. Last year, I went on vacation in Georgia for spring break. Yes, sir. Savannah, right? In the mountains. No, it was, it was Morganton. It was called. It was oh, like okay. A, 
he stayed in this big house up in the mountains on this like dammed lake, like a lake that's made from a dam. Um, and uh, I actually found a record by this um, Alabama, I think Mobile, but I'm not, or Huntsville, I can't remember. But there's actually a, a punk rock band from Alabama, and I, I think they're still active, but I think mostly like early 2000s maybe. But they're called Random Conflict, and I found their record, and it was really cool. I think I paid like eight bucks for it or something. This little weird record store, like it's like a cool yellow black vinyl thing. Um, it's strange crossover kind of punk sound. I'm gonna play a lot of crossover today, which I know irritates people, but I don't care. <laughs> So anyway, I'm going to play this band from Alabama because I was just in Alabama, even though I found this last year. It's called The band's called Random Conflict, and the song is called Existence. conflict with existence now what album is that off of tom and how old is that it's called tradition is the enemy i think it's about 10 or 12 years old i don't know allow me to discogs okay it's really weird stylistically it's all over the place but i i dig it it's cool hmm. and you found it's this cool. and you found this where at some like 
bookstore that had a, some records in the back or something. Wow. Interesting. I also bought a copy of Joe Jackson's I'm the Man, but the first song skipped. And if there's any bigger bummer than buying a new record where the first song skips, I haven't found it yet. Tradition That's... is the Enemy, 2013, No Profit Records. Okay. And how many albums do this does this fatal was it fatal conflict or random random conflict? How many random albums conflict. do they have? Not, no profit records not affiliated with no profit podcasts. <laughs> um, two tapes, one, two, three, four full lengths. It looks like hmm. all of them okay. on CD, maybe except for the one or two of them on vinyl. The rest on CD. Okay. Handful of EPs. Their last release was 2018. Okay. So probably, well, probably not together anymore than it sounds like. It's only like four years ago, dude. 2018. Yeah, I know. But if you haven't put anything out in four years, right? It was a punk band. Yeah, well, once you get old, these old man punk bands, they don't put up, you know, what's the point? <laughs> I'm going to see DRI on Sunday, and they put out they put out three new songs in the last 26 years. Oh, see, I, see, I, I know so little about DRI that I guess I wasn't aware of that because I know they tour last... but they tour incessantly so I'm surprised that they haven't put anything new out I actually think they're kind of like the uh the thrash Ramones like they never quite made it you know I just finished reading the I slept with Joey Ramone which is the book written by Joey Ramone's brother mm -hmm. and you know at some point the Ramones like we're just not going to make it big but we can still make a living and that's what they did you know they loaded up the van and they didn't get buses and they just Right. Headline, you know, basically never got above the club cult status, but they were able to make a living. I think DRI is kind of doing the same thing. They just, you know, load up the van and but, they. Uh, but at least the Ramones, at least the Ramones kept recording new records. I guess is would be the difference, right? Whereas it doesn't yeah, sound like true, DRI does. True. Yeah. Even though, even though I think I feel like if, 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 from their perspective, they were only doing it so they could get back on the road, though. Back when that was necessary, I think at some point punk rockers just stopped wanting new records from their favorite bands well that's an, you know? that's if you're tsol and you go play a tour everybody wants to hear your first two records nobody wants to hear your new stuff you know it's a it's a sprinkling right so um the buzzcocks are one of those bands that did keep putting out new records now maybe one every five years it wasn't like it wasn't super super uh fast but um and every time I would see them, they would always try and play a couple tracks off of the new album, but they would be they would be scattered in between sure. you know all the classics, which is exactly the way to do it, right? You, you yep. incorporate those, listen, those new tracks in there. You got to pee at some point. <laughs> Actually, now the now the buzz, buzz set was probably like forty minutes, so you play you yeah, probably back in, my, back in my back in my smoking days, it's like, well, let's play a few from the new album now. I'm like, okay, I'm going outside. Oh, course. you know what? I think I'm gonna I think I am gonna call a um an audible here, talking to the Buzzcocks because they yeah have play just, a song yeah they've well they just released a new track. Um, I don't know if you were aware of that. Um, I am not. So hold on a second. Let me look this up because I don't remember what it's called. It's actually it's actually not bad at all. Not bad at all. And I don't mm, think Steve strong praise. I don't think Steve Diggle will uh, will sue us if we if we play. I it. don't love his voice. I don't love his voice. No, he his was. Oh, I hate to say this, but his his were always the songs that uh, that I would I would kind of uh, I didn't skip over them. I loved all the Buzzcock stuff, but Pichelli was clearly the better songwriter, and he also had the better voice. Like if you think about the Buzzcocks, that's the voice you think of, right? Yeah. So okay. So if they come back to Chicago, which if they tour the states, they will definitely play Chicago, right? Yep. Do you go see them? 
Um, I probably, yes, I probably would. Oh boy, yeah, I probably would. I still don't think of it Are as. They... I still don't think of it as Buzzcocks, but um. So it, does you know. does Diggle sing all the Shelley songs, or do they add another guitar player to do that, or how does that work? Are they a trio, or are they? Do you have any idea? I don't. I don't know, know but I think he sings them all. I think he is the only singer. I'm pretty mm. sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, well, look at that. On, <laughs> well, that's a, that's kind of a problem right there. Uh, looking on, looking on Google. No, looking on Google. No, looking on Google. One of the questions is, who is new singer for Buzzcocks? And the answer, mm. Pete Shelley. I, I, I think. That, wow. I, th I think they need to go in and edit this. Because, <laughs> do <laughs> what they fucking dig him up or something? That's uh, mm. that's kind of sad. Interesting. Maybe they're doing the hologram thing. Yeah, maybe so. Poor little Pete. Um, okay, so did, the new did track. You find, did you find the song? I did. This track is called Senses Out of Control. So I indeed am going to play that now. So this is the Buzzcocks, and this came out just like a month ago. I don't know if it was like an official single, because I don't think it's out on vinyl. But anyway, this is uh, Buzzcocks with Senses Out of Control. Go! 
All right, Buzzcocks there with uh, Senses Out of Control and the new song. Um, and, and and it's funny, uh, people, that have, because they've been touring in the in the UK over the past month, and people that go, have been to see them say they're actually excellent. So, in my mind, I'm thinking of them more as, um, there's a jam, I don't know if I call it a tribute band, but there's a there's a jam spin-off band called From the Jam, which has got Bruce Fox and the original bass player. Used to have Rick Buckler, the original drummer too, but he left. So it's basically mm. just Bruce and, and uh, I think it's the drummer from Big Country, and uh, they got a singer called Russell, who's actually really good. He, he sounds just like Paul Weller. So, they're actually, that's a really fun band to see live. But um, I'm thinking of this version of Buzzcocks basically as being like from the jam. And I think uh, I think he probably should have changed the name personally. But, you know, called it Buzzcocks, I don't know, DC or something, you know, or PS or something. But it's Buzzcocks R.I.P. Yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's his call. But anyway, so that was the new track. And uh, tell me what you what you all thought of it. I It was better than I thought it was going to be. Let's put it that way. I don't know. <laughs> faint praise, I guess. But, you know. But there you go. But anyway, that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, curveball you'll get on this show because I wasn't planning on playing that at all. But uh, I just uh, Tom, Tom reminded me of that. How did we even get onto that? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that. Oh yeah, I know because it was bow, bands. You were talking about DRI and they haven't recorded anything new. That's what it was. Ah, uh, well, yeah. well, it's funny because there's a, okay. So the band Field Day that you and I both spoke highly about, which is a couple of the guys from Dag Nasty. Yes, sir like the second like version two of Dag Nasty, they've been doing it like where they're put out like a couple of new songs a year. And I think that's the way to go. And so they're very high quality. They're not just trying to make like a 14 track album. So you're getting three, four new songs, but they're really good. And they really are in the spirit of the songs that the original songs, you know, Mm -hmm. without seeming like they're just trying to rehash. So I I think it can be done, but it's tricky, right? Right. It is. Now, um, I mean, you get, you know, it's funny. I see these things, and you and I have laughed about this before, and I think we've probably talked about the podcast where you see, like, oh, Black Flag's going out for a tour again, and people are like, is Rollins still the singer? And it's, yeah. Or, uh, and uh, I see, the, like, Dead Kennedys are doing some shows. It's like, I'll never go see Dead Kennedys without Jello. I'm like, well, first of all, Jello has become such an insufferable bore. I don't, I don't know why you'd even want to listen to him talk at this point. And, uh, and two, it's like, well, what about the other three guys? This is what they're just screwed because Jell's not, you know, they're not allowed to make a living because Jell doesn't want to be, you know, hang, I don't know. It's, well, it's, 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 it's funny you bring them up because, you know, what we might have talked about this before and on the show and, you know. I'm sure we what, did, but it was probably so many episodes ago and our average yes. listener is so old that they've also <laughs> forgotten about it. Yeah. But they're the perfect case in point, right? Of a band that keeps on touring, but they haven't recorded one new song in 30 years. No, not, not one new song. No. So that kind of kills their whole momentum in i mean would it be so difficult for them to record one song well at least they're not doing like the mdc doa thing where they just like take an old song and update the lyrics <laughs> uh yeah i guess but i don't know i it can't be it can't be that difficult to write a dead kennedy song can it i mean jello really wasn't uh, that Paris, instrumental was he but 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 once again do you want to go see a dead kennedy show and hear a bunch of new songs well, there might not be a bunch. There might be, again, there might be sprinkled in, right? There might be like five songs sprinkled in. And how difficult can it be to write one of those? I don't know. It can't be that difficult, right? I don't know. Jesus. Why don't, you write one of, why don't you write one of the greatest punk rock songs of all time and send it to them? Maybe they'll throw <laughs> it into their set. But as you just said, it's the three original musicians. So they did it once. Why can't they do it again? That would be yeah, my and, point and to I mean, you. I mean, Stick that in your pipe Jello and smoke it. Had, <laughs> well, and Jello obviously had a really unique voice, right? He but, did. I mean, East Bay raised guitar is no joke. 
It's not, I mean, so it's, you put know. it to write a new song, right? I'll write him a song, you know. <laughs> East Bay Tom. East Bay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so, so yeah, okay, so, so getting back to the original point, you're going to see DRI next week or something? Was that the... Yeah, next Sunday, Easter Sunday, yes. Now, where are they playing? 40th, uh, where are they playing? 40th anniversary tour now. Wow. Um, they're playing the Pyramid Scheme in GR. Because the last time, if I remember right, the last time you saw them was at a skate park, was it not? Yeah, down in Fort Wayne. And I used the term skate park loosely because they really hadn't started converting yet. It was like an old metal factory or something that they just <laughs> like, were trying to make a skate park. Perfect. I've seen them so many times. I, I'm going to guess around 15 times if I had to guess. Wow. And, you know, it's one of those things. When my bands come to town, I go see them. That's it. I've seen them out of town a few times. But I've seen them play, like, Milwaukee Metal Fest, where they probably were playing for a couple thousand people. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I saw them at the Pyramid Scheme, like, maybe 10 years ago. And I, I swear there was, like, maybe 20 people paid to get in. Jesus. And the Pyramid Scheme. It was scheme, people hanging out. Yeah. Pyramid Scheme holds, what, like? 200 maybe 400 400 okay because i never made it to the back room there remember that we were just in the yeah, front. yeah. Four, i think it's 420 i don't know if they're trying to be cute or what but wow. yeah i think it's 420 um and i i talked to the manager over there who i'm friendly with and they, it's selling much better this time so there should be a pretty decent crowd over there that, i don't know yeah. if it's because they slapped the 40th anniversary on or it's just like uh younger headbangers are discovering them or old men are starting to leave the house again i, I don't know i don't know Dude, exactly that, that's a really interesting concept because i mean we, we've noticed that too right like like we were talking about seven seconds they toured for years up until about yep. five six years Nobody ago cared. when they couldn't draw flies um when i saw stiff little fingers about five years ago they played metro and metro was only half full and then yep. you know a year or two later they played bottom lounge and the place was packed so it's like, there must, is there a lot of people now that have just like reached their second or having midlife crisis or something who are now starting to go to shows again? I don't know. It's, don't it's know. an interesting concept, Tom. Interesting concept. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, like, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, 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 you almost want to put it in a religious context. It's like, are you really religious if you never go to church are you really a punk rocker if you never go to a show you know what i mean yeah well that's uh our photographer friend could probably well, write a whole I, book on that well, but, but i mean sake. for us the answer is no if right. you're not going to show you're you're excommunicated from punk rock i mean we're both already excommunicated from punk rock anyways so who cares but but you know what i mean it's like you kind of have to at least occasionally go to a show well it was interesting so i was just talking about the buzzcocks right when they told with all those new albums through the 90s. I saw them every time they came through Chicago. They probably came through yep. once every 18 months. They came through a lot. Um, sure. And I went to every show. But uh, I don't know, they'd be, you know, again, I went, they played Metro. They played, uh, they played, uh, empty, not Empty Bottle, uh, what, the Double Door. They oh, played double. Lounge. They played Double Door. They played, uh, they played all over the place, normally to smaller and smaller crowds each time. But you sure. know, if they played right now, if they toured right now, with, with, if Shelley wasn't dead, they probably do really, really well. Yeah, right? and not, well, or or even as they stand now with a yeah, know, maybe seriously yeah. diminished lineup. I, yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, um, it it is a it is a interesting concept, and maybe somebody who knows more about such things can can talk to the wise and wherefores. Well, and maybe maybe the you know it's because I've noticed I I've noticed at least I think the crowds haven't really come back from the pre-pandemic levels. I don't know if people are scared or they got used to drinking at home or what it is, but I think there's another side of it where people realized 
and I, I'm in this camp, even though I never quit going to shows, I never even really slowed down going to shows, but I'm definitely in the camp of who knows when this all will be snatched away from us again. I see our friends in Philadelphia are going back to their mask mandates as of next week or something. Oh, so why the fuck would we do that again? Dude, it's 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 unbelievable. It it really is unbelievable. So anyway, well, we shall we shall see what happens. So I don't know. Okay. I, uh, so anyway, so you got DRI next week. Who are they, who's warming up for him? Anybody good? Uh, there's a band from Arizona that's pretty decent called Intent Thrash Band. Hmm. And then there's a local opener which I'm going to reserve judgment on. But do you remember when we when we went and saw the Queers two nights in a row in, in Chicago, we both got the impression that the openers were maybe chosen not because they were appropriate, but rather because there was a like a political correctness element to it. Yeah, the fourth band on the bill, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like there needs yep. to be all this inclusion, and I, I'm afraid that might be the case with this DRI opener, but I want to wait. I'm reserving judgment. Maybe they'll be great. Hmm. I know they're female-fronted, female, female fronted and kind of grungier so i i don't know we'll see maybe maybe it'd be a good fit maybe i won't even show up a time to see it who knows <laughs> i would bet on the bet on the last on the last well, one it's funny because i don't i don't because I, like I, I don't really have anybody who wants to go to the show with me yeah like i could probably drag one of my kids or one of my kids would probably be up for it if i bride them with dinner i probably could talk scott into it but the fact of the matter is it's like i don't want to you know i don't mm-hmm. want to bum anybody else that doesn't want to go but I, I i now i've made contact with a couple of friends that i don't see very often that are going to show up so i'll go by myself hey is that guy going to be there that wears like the roman loincloth and all the fucking and his underpants or whatever that crazy <laughs> looking know. bastard I hope, so. <laughs> I hope so i don't think so i've never seen him at that bar i don't know if they'll let you in with your <laughs> eight inch steel spikes yes. even if they're made of made uh, homemade i don't know if they'll let you in or not yeah renaissance so anyway, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. it should be a good time i haven't been to a show at the premium scheme for over two years um they were definitely one of the stricter clubs around town but they've mostly dropped their stuff except for the ones where the artists are requiring it so well do you want to play a dri song and then we'll talk about that a little bit yes i played a dri song not that long ago i played argument than war i think you did for our war episode for russia or ukraine what episode. did i rec- what did I, I did i say i don't need society uh, what for the song yeah argument than war no what song did i pick for this time oh it, you uh, picked violent pacification Oh, Violet Pacification. See, that's I love I love this song because it reminds me of like the whole the way people are acting during the COVID thing where literally police are arresting people and like uh like beating protesters in the street and stuff. It's like we're gonna save you from yourselves even if we have to kill you to do it. So <laughs> this is uh this is a classic this is definitely when they like one of their early songs too where they were sort of um transitioning over to the thrash sound because their early stuff was like all one minute just like hardcore punk right songs, that's know? the only thing of those i've got yeah is that first 12 inch ep yeah i don't know that you would love any of their later stuff but man that that like they put out a few albums in a real crossover four of a kind thrash zone definition man i love all those records full speed ahead i love all their later records anyway yeah but this is yeah this is and it was also a great seven inch this one was so yeah let's play violent pacification from dri Just 
dirty rotten imbeciles there with violent pacification. If they were the, if they were like the pussies from AJJ, they would have changed their name because probably imbecile is probably upsetting to somebody, right? It's very offensive. Yes, offensive. I've learned a couple other things today that are offensive to people where I just shook my head and say I don't care. Um, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, it's the gypsy moth. We have a big gypsy moth problem in Michigan. Oh, we can't call them that because it's offensive to gypsies. So we're calling them the spongy moths or something? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Dude, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, pikey? Is that, is that offensive? Pikey? So, I don't know. That's what we the call them in England. The pikey, isn't that the guy who puts out the, the John Bates records? He's not afraid of offending people. <laughs> that's the, I think that's our friend Darren Pike. Now, pikey apparently is an offensive word for um for gypsies. But now gypsy is, is even right? offensive? The gypo? Is, mm. that, is that offensive too? I guess it is. I don't know. Yes. Not to me. I'm not a gypsy. <laughs> anyway. Listen, I don't. I mean, uh, gypsies have better things to worry about than whether or not they're offended by some stupid whatever we are, non gypsies. I didn't even know that was a slur. I just thought it was what they were called. Um, so, yeah, talking about clubs that are still doing that fucking whole vaccination card mask mandate. Now, as Tom said earlier yeah. on, I'm fully vaccinated. I was fully vaccinated probably before anybody because of where I work. And um, you know, and I'm I'm pro vaccination. Blood is ninety percent. Yes, it is. It's and the other ten other ten percent is Bellhaven. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, but even even so, even though I am you know vaccinated and stuff, I still can't stand the fact that because asking me to show my vaccination card to get into a venue doesn't do anything. It doesn't mean I'm less likely to be carrying the fucking disease. So I could be more likely, you know, I'm just as likely to give the disease to anybody as, as you are who is not vaccinated. So well, it's, it's absolutely pointless. If, if, it's pointless. If safety were the real issue, you'd have to pretty much do testing on site. That's really the only way right? you can get guarantee any level of safety. It's really what it is, is it's trying to use what little power they have to, to you know, socially motivate, which is a crock. And so. so so there's that, and then there's, you know, and then you still have to wear a mask inside. There's a couple of clubs in Chicago that are still doing that. Uh, Beat Kitchen, I know, is one. At least are they, they still at least doing they, masks? Yes, at least they were. And um, and what's the other one? I don't... A Chop Shop. Chop Shop is still doing it, too. At least they mm. were. Now, I was on Saturday. Was it Saturday? Was it Friday? It was Friday. It was after work on Friday. Um, I got notified that uh, Steve Caballero's new band, Urethane, Yes. Who's going to be playing at House of Vans in the city for free? So um, I applied. I for believe the... you were. I believe you were invited by our friend Alan to go hang out. I'd actually, yeah, and I'd actually heard about it earlier than that. So I actually did apply for tickets already because they wanted you to apply for tickets online. So, so you apply for tickets, but they're free. They're free. Yep, yep. And then, so then Friday rolls around, and what's the weather forecast for Friday? Why Rain. it's going to be snowing all afternoon? Oh, even better. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, you know what? See if I want to go to this. I'm going to listen to Urethane. And uh, boy, do I wish that I hadn't. Um, not good, huh? Not good. Just very, 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 uh, very, very average. Just that typical kind of SoCal over, overproduced punk sound, right? Because so, I heard good things about them at Punk Rock Bowling, but obviously I didn't get up in time to see them, or I didn't get over there in time to see them. But. Like, I, I was listening to it in the car with Lydia as we were driving to work, and she said the perfect thing. She said, uh, they sound like that band that would be playing if there was, like, an, a late 90s, early 2000s movie where they had, like, a supposed punk band in a bar. 
this would be mm. this would be what was playing. And she's exactly mm. right. That's exactly what they sounded like. I always felt that way about like the exploited when you watch those old like early eighties point movies. Like, yeah, but at least they will at least they looked threatening or whatever, you know what I mean? And seemed yeah. angry. Whereas that this just just and she goes, wow, it's it's almost like verging on emo, which it, it is as well. So anyway, musically, huh. I wasn't terribly excited about it. And then I looked at some of the small print, and the small print was vaccination card and masks to be worn inside. And I looked at the snow, and I was like, I am not fucking driving two I'm hours normal. into the city for this. Yep. <laughs> Do they even have booze at those? I mean, they, they have yeah, like pop-up yeah. bars. Oh. No, yeah, there's a bar. There's there's two there's two bars. It's actually a very nice space. I actually went to a skateboard deck, uh, like a memorabilia thing there once, hmm. and uh, there's like a lounge and there's two nice bars and it's it's set up really really well. But uh, and I'm sure people <coughs> who went probably had a lovely time. But I was just like that hmm. musically not for me. And you know, like I preferred the faction and the faction were never that great. But the faction at least sounded authentic, and this just sounds... The faction, the faction, the problem with the faction, like a lot of bands, is literally they put out like six records or however many they put out, I don't know, and everyone had like one or two good songs. Right. Like they never, they never really made a great, great full, full album. No, they were but, almost, I mean, some of the songs were silly too, like AUK and, the, you know, Well, Skate and Destroy was the classic. But, uh, see, they that's sound... a good, see, but that's a good song, or Let's Go Get Cokes. I mean, yep. I like a lot of their songs. Oh, yeah. yeah I got... Save the Whales. You know, I, I do, I probably yeah, like funny. 10 or 12 songs. Yeah, that's a funny one. Um, but at least they sound California authentic. Dream. Their the... cover of California Dreamin' is a favorite. Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, my gosh. If I can have to call an audible now? Uh, if, if you if you like, yeah. I mean, I mean, realistically, we should have played someone by Urethane, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not gonna not gonna yeah. upset our listeners for that. But uh, you can All if right, you like. But... No, I'm gonna tuck I'm gonna tuck that away for later. All right. Yeah, we've never played the faction on the show before. So um, so Steve Cab, if I was you, I would I would split from these jokers and I would fucking get the faction back together. You know, that's what I would do. Um. So anyway, yeah, but the mask mandate thing on the vaccination card, uh, that pushed it over the edge for me because there's no reason for them to do it. So, uh, yeah. so, so there you go with that one. So I didn't go. Long story short. If you short. require that level of safety, you might as well just stay home. Yes, you should hide under your bed because something might get you in the, in the house. There might be mold in the walls that you might get. Shit. Could be terrible. Yes. Talking of mold in the walls... <laughs> So, I don't know if it was like this the last time we talked, but I'm completely moved out of my apartment. Yep. All moved into the new place. The pictures are starting to go up on the walls, so it's starting to look more like home. Um, but it was funny. When I was leaving on the last day of the old place, um, the landlord happened to be there because, you know, whatever. Scumlord, right? So, he wanted, even though I wasn't due to be out till the 31st. I was moving on the 28th, and he had his painters and shit coming in on the 28th, so he could get somebody in there April 1st, right? And uh, I'm showing him all the places that, the, that, that that leaked. You know, I had leaks coming in the windows, uh, in the back room. But basically, half ah, the I just paint over them. It's fine. Half half the plaster was coming down. There was like a huge hole in the ceiling, and half the plaster yeah, was coming I, I down. Yeah, I witnessed. I witnessed that. Yeah, yes. right. So, yeah. Good. And uh, and I go, well, how are you gonna how are you gonna deal with this? And he goes, oh, we'll just scrape it and plaster over it. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, Jesus. that'll last. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, you yeah, know? don't take care of the roof. Yeah, I was like, good enough to sell, I guess, in a year's time when you decide to do it. But Christ, I mean, seriously, when I was talking about black mold, I'm not joking. I have to assume that those, the, the wooden joists and stuff behind the plaster has got to just be soaking wet. 
and uh, it's probably completely unhealthy living in that apartment. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I, and I don't know that you'll be able to follow up on this, but I am just fascinated by how much that rent's gonna be in that place now that you're gone because you had very reasonable rent, hadn't gone up for quite some time. He said, um, he, he told rents, me rents now are going insane. Is it double? No, no. He said so originally. So up up until a few months ago, I was paying twelve hundred. Then he raised it my last couple of months to fourteen fifty, and I think he told me he's going to be renting it up to seventeen hundred. Oh, that doesn't so. seem that bad. Like I said, my daughter's a two bedroom in a not you know close to Chicago. It's eighteen hundred a month. But the thing is, with your apartment, it was great. It was a big apartment. It was so yeah. it had a great. It was great space, and it was older older style, which was really cool. But it also was no frills. You know, it was a walk up. The right. carpet, the hall, you know, it was, it was worn out. It needed, it needed some work. Oh, that it would be, you so know what? It, it would of... be, it was a, if I had some TLC, if, if an owner bought it who really, you know, knew what they were doing and really valued it, that would be Not a gorgeous building. Not just turn it over and put money, or put little as money right. as possible. And, and flip it. Yeah, it would be a gorgeous building to live in. It really would. Um, it's a real shame that it's, uh, that it's fallen like it has. But uh, yeah, he's going to do 1700 I think. Which you're right. If it was a family or someone sharing it, that would be actually not too bad. But uh, you know, considering I was paying 1200 just like six months ago or whatever. Well, and you were you were by far the classiest tenant in the building, so it's all downhill <laughs> from there, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine what it's, what it's like now. Yeah, it's... Uh... Well, there you go. Mm. That's that. No. Well... I'll tell you what, Neil. Why don't you play a song about it? You got all your records organized? Um, I do. I do know what I'm going to play. So um, I'm going to have... Uh, so we had some birthdays that have just been... Just, just come up this... Actually, over the last week or so. Um, some notable birthdays, too. So um, our good hmm. friend Mike Ness turned 60. I don't know if you're right? aware of that. Yes, he just turned 60. Wow, you two are very close in age. We right? are. Very, very, very close. Too close. <laughs> too close. So, uh, so yeah. So Mike Ness turned sixty. So you know, me and me and Tom, we both love Social D, and we like uh, yes. Mike Ness's solo stuff. So I'm gonna play actually one of his uh, track from one of his solo records, his first one. Ooh, cheating at country Sol- and or western. Yeah. Uh, what was the first one called? Cheating at cheating at solitaire. That was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the this is was called under the influences, under the influences. And for that's whatever right. reason, it was yeah. not nearly as good. No, what's well, all covers, right? Um. So. This is uh, Mike Ness with uh, actually it's a Bob Dylan song originally. This is oh uh, don't look back. Th- don't think twice. Don't think twice. Yeah, that's, that's Mike right. Ness. Don't think twice.
There you go. That was Mike Ness with uh, Don't Think Twice. So, yeah, originally a Bob Dylan such song. Good, such good stuff. I think his, his version is much better than the Bob Dylan version, personally. I think Bob Dylan's Don't an insufferable bore. Right. Yeah, useless twat. Yes. So, there you go. Hmm. There you go. Well, has Bob Dylan pulled his music off Spotify yet to show Unity with Neil Young? I don't know. And didn't he sell it all? Isn't he one of those guys that sold his entire back catalog to somebody for like, Oh, he did. For like, it was like $750 million. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're 80. Why not 20 years ago? Yeah. You can still enjoy it. Well, I don't think he's enjoyed anything. Um, I don't think he's enjoyed anything for 50 years. <laughs> that's true. Miserable or even prick. before that. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny. It's funny, you know, that you should play a country western song because obviously. So, I, I mean, I, I talked about it, I think, last episode or a couple episodes ago. Uh, my younger son is actually a senior in high school. So for spring break, we we always, we always usually always go away for spring break, try to go somewhere kind of warm. We went down to Florabama, man. We were literally like at the edge of the Florida Panhandle just into Alabama is where we stayed, Orange Beach. Orange Beach, okay. It's a beautiful beach. Uh, and, man, they love their country music down there. What's well, Alabama. The, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, it's funny because I heard I heard cover bands play both Southern Man by Neil Young, which was kind of an insult to Alabama, and of course Sweet Home Alabama. I heard a band play. Mm, of course you did. But uh, it was, uh, you know, I don't mind a little bit of that type of music in the right environment. Sure. Oh yeah. Like like kind of like good country music. I mean, I understand there's a fine line between like good country music and bad country music, but yes, man, we went to the. I was in the deep. Deep, deep south, tanning myself on the, on the beach for a few days. So it was, it was all right. <laughs> so hold on. So that's so many jokes coming into mind. But <laughs> the trauma. So you were there with Scott as well? No, no, no Scott wasn't uh, there. Was, we went, no, we went with another family who uh, is one of my son's uh, like best buddies' family. Oh, okay. And how did that go? Were any there, we're, we're any friends, tensions? We're we're friendly with the mom and dad, too. It was good. They have four boys. Oh, boy. Oh, I remember you talking brought... about them on the last show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and we brought one extra boy who was uh, another good friend of both. What do you mean, what do you, mean you brought one extra boy? We just found well, him on the street. My son brought a friend, <laughs> yes. Okay, Jimmy Savile. <laughs> I see what you do. So, yeah, we had 317. Yeah, exactly. 317. See, nobody, no American audience is going to get that, that pun, Neil. <laughs> if you're going to be – you might as well call me Michael Jackson or something, at least something that – of course, Michael Jackson really wasn't into seventeen-year-olds. Well, Who we're gonna I, I, we're gonna talk about this in a minute, actually, after you get done with your Florabama stories. I really don't have that much, other than the fact that we were on vacation. It was I didn't get to do much record shopping, but I did things such as play mini golf, ride go karts, tan myself. I knew you would have been so proud of me. The first day, I think I bought a hundred dollars worth of beer. I think it was out by Wednesday. <laughs> and I've got to imagine it's pretty cheap down there, right? Uh, no, no, not at all. Oh, oh wow, it's okay. tourist, dude. It's tourist. Oh, it's absolutely. They can see us coming. Ah, they're like by the big white for the, carpet the, the big white head. <laughs> exactly, they're getting the revenge for all our carpet banging after the Civil War hmm. charges. But uh, but it was one of those things too because I'm not necessarily like a guy who starts drinking early in the day. But my buddy, the other family's like, well, it's noon somewhere. I'm like, all right, well, you know, you don't have to ask me twice. So yeah, if you're on holiday, so, yeah, we'd man, sort of lay that on the works. Beach. Yeah. Pretty much lay on the beach and drink beer, and then you know we we, we had a couple of days of rain, which we had to do some stuff. So I did do a little little bit of record shopping. How were the record stores? Um, um, you know I didn't go to a great record store, but I went to one of these kind of things that has like comics and records and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. I wasn't particularly blown away, but I did buy one thing actually. Um, 
that I was really stoked to find, which was the very first Crows to Conformity album reissued on, it was a Euro double red vinyl. I opened it up, it looked like it had never been played. Hmm. It was, and I looked, so of course I get on my phone, look at Discogs, cheapest one, 50 bucks. Wow. So I was pretty thrilled, to, pretty thrilled to get it for 30. I've already listened to it a couple times since I've been home. So Now, what was that first album called? Eye for an Eye. That's right. Okay. So I can remember back in the day when that came out, when I was obviously, you know, into anything, anything it new. Was 80, it was 84, I yep. believe. Yep. So anything new that came out um, hardcore-wise. And that album had that incredible cover with that uh, skull with the spikes on it and stuff. The, so the, was, uh, the, fallout, the fallout symbol made into the skull, yes. So I was like, that is going to be amazing. I'm going to buy this and I'm going to love it. And I put it on and I hated every second of it and sold it immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's It's definitely got some... Weird musical interludes, and it's definitely a hardcore punk record, and or you know a little medley though. Too medley for me. That's what it was. Too medley, indeed. So well, it's funny because I so I was like, and I found a couple other things too, but I didn't think they were particularly good deals. So I, like, I was at this flea market. It was the biggest dump I'd ever seen. But he had this little box of like, and I kind of am kicking myself for not picking it up. But he had a couple of dick. He like had dickies like Idiot Savant, like the the repress from. Oh. I think that was from ninety four. Yeah, that's a yeah. That wasn't a particularly popular album, right? No, but I saw him on that tour once or twice, and I just but but he was like it was like twenty two bucks. I'm like I should have probably tried to like brought over. You be eighteen for this, you know, like do the oh yeah for sure thing. yeah they'll always do they they expect that. In fact, if you don't do that, but I, I think didn't they look I, at you weird. Like I said, but I thought oh I'll find some more later. I'll go to some decent shops. I never really did, so I only bought that one thing. Even <laughs> not for lack of trying, I just couldn't find anything. I've got a story. I just didn't, didn't really have any luck. So, sorry to interrupt and go off on a tangent, but that reminds me of something. So, you no, know, you know my good friend Jason, Illuminated Brewworks, Jason. You, you know Jason. You've met yep, him yep, a few yep. times. Yeah. Yep. So he's Last a couple times I've been in Chicago. We've had the pleasure of hanging out. He's a collector of many things. And yep. I'm I'm going to get some of these numbers wrong, so to, and he'll correct me, I'm sure. So please forgive me, Jason. But um, so he and he goes to flea markets every weekend. And he used to collect... Looking for skateboard decks? Skateboard decks? Skateboard decks, guitars, pretty much anything. I was there, he bought a milk churn once when I was with him. So he pretty much buys anything he he thinks he can resell or whatever, or might be able to use. Um, But anyway, he used to collect like old robots. Like uh, Japanese robots. Oh, I remember you. I I think I might have heard this story, but that's all right. Tell tell the audience. So he goes to a flea market, and he sees this robot, I think, from like the early 1960s or something. And he knows immediately that it's worth, like, thousands, literally thousands of dollars. And I think the guy had it for, like, $9 or something like that. So, Jay, I mean, what would you you or I have done? We'd have, like, the, pulled out the, the $9, one, pulled out a 10 immediately and given it to the guy and said, keep the change, right, and just take no, it. No, I'd have been like, we take eight? That's exactly what that's exactly what he did. Jason's <laughs> like, he's like, oh, uh, the arm looks like it's coming off. I'll give you six. He found the one guy in America who doesn't have the internet. <laughs> apparently, apparently, so the guy's like, yeah, okay, $6. So Jason gets it for less than he paid for it and then sold it. I think he sold it within like an hour or something on eBay for like $4,000 or something like that. And then he brought it back and showed the receipt to the guy he just bought it from. <laughs> yeah, I should have done. Yeah. He bought out, bought out the rest of the guy's stock. That was just that always tickles me. So there are... All is- there are bargains to be found me. still, I guess. Is so the... you're saying the $20 I saved on this double record wasn't that impressive is what you're saying? Uh, no, not particularly. Especially because I know you're not going to sell it. Jason actually does sell things. <laughs> uh, Whereas I know that's well, gone right it, into your collection. It's funny because when I left, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do any punk rock stuff for the week. You know, I'm going to try to take the week off and just hang out with the family. And I pretty much did. Yeah, you did. Yep. But like I said, 
if I go to a flea market, I'm always digging for records, and you can usually find one or two. But man, you gotta have a lot. You gotta have some real patience to dig through all the piles of garbage. Well, you do, and you've also you know, got all the Engelbert Hump, yeah, Engelbert Hunker Humperdinck albums and stuff to find one good record. Yeah, and you've also got to have. Um... Like, I find now, if I don't have a list of things I'm actually actively looking for, you just get lost in, like, you know, a morass yeah. of a morass of nonsense, and everything you actually want just goes out of your head completely. So, got to go in there with it, a, with a on plan. On the way home, I went to this place... That, on the way home, I went to this place in Nashville that had way too many dusty records in it, and they had some new stuff, and they had a couple of things. You know, they had a couple of the Bad Brains reissues. They didn't have my favorite ones. And they had like a Violent Femmes album, and I'm looking at it. But the pro- the problem is, like I, I've said this before, I'm really spoiled in that I have a couple of really great record stores around here. So I'm looking at this, going, okay, this is I can buy this at my local store. This is like a couple dollars more than I would pay, so it's not even like a huge dollar difference. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why wouldn't I just buy it at my local store? Right. Who the guy always takes care of me for all these years. You right. Know? And plus, it probably isn't something you um, even really want. It was just one of the only things that was there, right? So. Yeah, yeah, that that that's kind of it, right? You feel. Yeah compulsed it's like uh, yeah. it's like a it's a sickness dude it really is it's like a yeah it's an addiction but the good news is well i'll tell you what let me uh all right so yeah i don't really have a whole lot to talk about my vacation it was, it was fun uh you know the we got burned on the first day like a bunch of dumbasses out in the sun and we had to slather up after that and we swam in the ocean like midwesterners were the only ones in the ocean because it was way too cold for anybody who lived down there <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know we splashed, splashed around, had fun. The kids, we tried to take the kids parasailing, but it was too windy. Mm-hmm. Um, found a bunch of bars and you know drank a bunch of beer and tried to relax. And the drive, the traffic on I sixty five is so brutal that I was so stressed out on the way down there and back. I was, I know for at least like an hour straight, my wife wouldn't talk to me because I was road raging. <laughs> well, I hope she all never these drives with me. All these, Mich- all these Michigan soccer dads. Mm-hmm. It's like get your foreign van out of the left lane, you turd. You tell him, Tom. Get See, out of my way. Tom is normally an extraordinarily um, relaxed. I'm a patient man. Yeah, he's a very patient, very relaxed driver. It's actually it's actually interesting to drive in the city with him because I'm almost like speed up, speed up. But uh, he's he's very relaxed. Whereas you know I'm just the opposite. So it's funny, Neil. I I, I, I was thinking when I left, I'm like oh, maybe I'll throw a pistol in the glove box. <laughs> all the states I'm going through are all like you know states that don't care. You know. Yeah. But I'm probably glad that I didn't because I would have used it on probably a stranger or myself <laughs> at some point on the drive down there yeah. because it was brutal. And the way back, same thing. It's like from the Indiana line all the way down to the ocean, just brutal traffic. So were the kids? So, uh, be, did the kids behave themselves, or was there any shenanigans? Yeah, they don't care. They got their phones, and you know they just sleep. And so that wasn't that wasn't such a big issue, no. Mm. And I don't think they got into any trouble. Mm. I was just thinking if like six of them, Usually, six of them or whatever, I thought that could be trouble usually takes like a week or so before we find out what they were into so yeah we're not quite there it just got back saturday night and i i'm just i'm ex- i'm pretty much exhausted so i'm hoping so, you know, today's monday by the way for those people that might have yeah, been today, keeping today score monday. yeah okay so, so anyway, do, do you want to yeah, play so, do you want to play a corrosion of conformity song i do i want to play a corrosion of conformity song and this is so their first album was called eye for an eye and then the singer left and mike dean the bass player sang on they, they famously had an EP called Six Songs of Mike Singing, and then he also sang on their next album, which is called Animosity, which I think we've actually played a song from before when one of the guys died from that lineup. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah, let's. this is this is Mike singing uh, Eye for an Eye. It's a short little, short little banger, great hardcore song. Mm-hmm. 
despite the fact that Neil gave up that album that's probably worth like several hundred dollars now. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> Corrosion of Conformity with Eye for an Eye. With Mike singing, right? That's the one you wanted? Yes. Yes, there you go. Mike Dean. Mike Dean. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I've always... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to no, say, so you, go ahead. so you did that. You were gone for a week. We really weren't in contact much at all, actually. You were much, you were no. very good about uh, about keeping your, putting your family first, so we didn't really talk much at all. Um, oh, I don't know about that. If you get into the fine details, I don't know that that's true. But yeah, we didn't talk <laughs> on the phone too much. Yeah, I noticed you were commenting on some of the nonsense that was going on the uh, podcast group, which is why you folks should join the podcast group, because there's a lot of banter with uh, all of our long-time... Well, I knew I knew folks that are on there. There's just a lot of interesting stuff that goes on on there, and then some interesting yeah. chats and stuff that go on. And uh, also, we have stickers again. So I just I replenished our sticker supply. Uh, supply. So if anybody of you out there wants stickers, um, just write in and ask for them, and we'll be happy to send them out to you. For I'm pretty no charge. sure they're still in the console of my car from when I came home from Chicago. So yeah, re- re- send us your ad. Uh, DM us. Uh, yeah, messenger us and just send us your address, and I'll send them to you or um, email. Yeah, did you? What yeah, uh, did you? Seventy seven at Gmail. Did you plaster any around the uh, the town of Orangevale or whatever the hell it was called? I did not. I don't oh, know that there's on, any see. room. What with all the, I don't know that there's any room for my stickers. What with all the Let's Go Brandon stickers, and uh, <laughs> I've never seen. I don't think Alabama is in, is going to risk going blue anytime soon, from no? what I could tell. Hmm. So. It's funny. Oh, so so even though I only got the one record while I was gone, I did come home to a couple on the table. Ah. My son, my son is a senior. His girlfriend actually stayed at the house and watched the dog while we were gone. Um, but there was a couple of records on the table, and I got so I got to give a shout out to Justin, who's a listener of ours from the Baltimore area, who sent me the new Meth Rats record. Oh, okay. Um, which I'm loving, and I think we're probably going to have a different Justin from the Meth Rats on here in a couple of weeks. So we'll more on that. So I'm not going to play any meth rats today. And the other one was a new record from, um, from a new rocket union. Oh yeah, who, I, uh, I saw. I saw they had a new record. That, uh, yeah. We had John. We had John on the singer guitar. We player. did. Yeah. Um, I have actually have not had a chance to listen to that yet, but I'm looking forward to. It. I like that last record a lot. So, um, I will probably be doing some uh, reviewing of these records for. Uh, so I guess I'm going to better get writing. Yeah, so they were they were both comps. That's nice. Look at you. 
I mean, free. I mean, you yeah, know, you didn't have to pay for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the, that's the best. Is when you get a record that shows up and you're like, I haven't ordered anything. That's the best. Hell yeah. Because uh, John had actually reached out to me about about reviewing it for uh, that's good enough for me, but I had totally forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. So listen, I, I would tell the people this before: if we had a conversation about something and then you, I don't follow up, I probably forgot. So don't be afraid to reach out again. Yeah, that's true. That's I won't be. I won't be. I won't be offended. And that's true as well. If you happen to write into the, or to our Instagram, um, and I didn't reply. Uh, again, it's not. Again, it's it's not because either one of us are being dicks. It's just because we don't really get on the Instagram that much. Being, I wouldn't even blame it on being old. I just don't. I go into the Instagram as myself most of the time, and then I forget to switch to the punk till I die uh, side. So the only the only reason I go on Instagram is to like my kids' pictures to boost their self esteem. <laughs> oh, I, that is a good dad. I never remember to go on the. I don't even know that I have access to the Punk Till I Die Instagram. So, yeah, as a matter of fact, if you have a beef with that, it's all Neil. Well, you should at least follow it if you're not. You should <laughs> at least the, follow up, H. The, the, the Facebook one is a different thing. When we get messages on our Facebook group, it's a weird phenomenon. It's like whoever answers first right. like tends to be the one who takes that conversation. And I don't think the the person who's messaging us, I don't know that they know who they're talking to. Right. Well, I think it I does say. I just. Image. I think it does say underneath in small print. I think it says as Neil McDougal or something. I think. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so if you get someone that's angry, that's probably me. And if you get someone that's super nice, that's probably Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I build the bridges. Neil burns them down. Yeah. <laughs> it, but... de- it depends, really. <laughs> it's not. Quite... They, listen, it's the yin and the yang that makes it work, right? Yeah. Of course. Yes. Otherwise, I mean, if we were very both dull. nice or. Both... Yeah. If we were both nice or both jerks, it wouldn't work. And the fun thing is, sometimes we switch. Yes. That, yeah, because actually, Tom is the only one that's been banned from uh, from Facebook, right? From the Punk Till I Die Facebook group or something? Haven't you been I banned mean, once? Not me. I mean, I, I'm sorry that they can't tell the difference between threatening violence in a funny way and threatening violence for real. Hmm. I'm looking down on you. It's never happened to it's, me. It's, I'm a saint. You know, in... You know, I, I, once again, in news and politics, Neil, I, I think this is very interesting. Do you remember, like, a year or two ago, early in the lockdown, a bunch of guys from Michigan got arrested? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes. plotting to kidnap the governor and, like, take her out to Lake Michigan and hang her or try her or something? Yeah, and wasn't it, wasn't and it, weren't they, they, they were doing it in the, weren't they, they doing were, it in, like, a carpet store or something? I don't know, but they were a bunch of yokels, you know, it was, it was... But, but you know, none of them are being convicted. Every one of them is getting off. It appears, and, and you've heard these rumors for years about the FBI's over-involvement with things, mm-hmm. even here in other countries where the FBI comes in and they stir everybody up and how, like, the FBI is always taking credit for, oh, we stopped this terrorist activity when it was literally, like, planned by the FBI. <laughs> this so none of these people and, and I know people scream and you know we we had this with some of these cops and other things where people are like justice was not served the jury didn't convict you know people who did not sit through the trial did not hear the details of the case assume that they're smarter than whoever sat on the jury and it's a 12-0 decision that's how juries work you know right so it is always amazes me when people are like oh I don't accept the jury's decision like were you there right do you know anything apart from the headlines yeah you're telling me not one, not two, not three, but 12 people are all brain damaged, not as smart as you, who has no details on this? So anyway, it's very it's very interesting watching this thing on hold. And I have no love for these yokels that were involved with this. But yeah, you can't, you know, it's it's it sounds like it was just pure entrapment 
by the by a federal government who's got such a hard on to make terrorists out of you know the 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 story of you know all white people are terrorists you know or all you know conservative white people are terrorists so anyway it's an interesting story watching it unfold so there you so, go anyway. yeah no i did i did see yeah. that headline that the people got off because it seemed like at first when you read the headline you know headlines two years ago it seemed like they got those guys banged to rights and like they were going to be they were clearly all guilty but as it turns out it sounds maybe like not they so had much. very at the end of the day they had very little hmm. interesting i don't know interesting i don't know i just thought i just thought it was kind of funny i mean the whole thing's sad obviously but uh there's no winners as they say right Right. So, how is but that? The go- federal government ought not be ought not be creating criminals either. How is that? Go- how, how is that governor doing these days? I know you didn't like her at first. Is she? Is I, she I don't know. I don't up? think she's. I don't. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure she's got the job anymore. I haven't seen any hiding her hair of her. Oh, interesting. She's hiding with Fauci. She's with Fauci somewhere, <laughs> hiding in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. No I don't shit. Know. Listen, I have no love for. I have no love for any of these governors. You know, and and when and, you know, and the fact of the matter is. As a punk rocker, it's not my job to support these politicians. It's my job to hold their their feet to the fire, and it has nothing to do with political party or anything else. You know, that's just I'm. It's not my job to be a fan of politicians. And if you are a fan of politicians, you're probably doing something wrong because they're all scumbags. Agreed, a hundred percent. I was just thinking that the other day, as a matter of fact, when I was walking by a house with all kinds of signs outside, and I was like, if you align yourself fully with any one of these parties. You're setting yourself up for a fall, and, oh, and it's not, you know, you're not on the right side. Either side's not on the right side. So, I don't know. Well, once again, Neil, we're going to be accused of being right-wing, even though neither of us vote that way or believe that way, so. Uh, right, well, actually, funnily enough, I actually I actually got, so one of my friends, uh, used to be a client of mine, actually, she listened, she got uh, somebody new to listen to us. She, she said, oh, you should listen to this podcast, I think you'll like it, and, uh... It's all it's all these Michigan militia guys, right? They're like uh, now we're, they're totally bummed out now that I don't support their kidnapping the government. And the government. It's, it's it's actually it's actually going to take me a while. Um, I might not be even be able to find it. God damn it! But it was interesting what this person said who'd never heard of us before, but apart from this review, and he listened to an episode and was like, I, I really liked it. I thought it was super interesting, and uh, they've got some very controversial views, but uh, I liked it. It's like, what, do we really have? Do we, do we really have? Is we it, have? Why? Because we're not. Exactly. I think that's uh, what it was, that we're not towing that. It's that attitude that makes us so divided and screwed up, honestly, right? Yeah, that we're not towing that line that all, like, punks should should tow, I guess, right? I guess. Yeah. Free thinking, goddammit. Question everything. That's what we do. Well, like I said, I think the biggest thing you can do when it comes to politics is just take two steps back. I think things will be so much clearer. If you get to, you know politics like everything else are competitive so if you if you do you align yourself with a side you find yourself taking weird positions just because you want your side to prevail so let's take a i think if you take two steps back and use logic and sensibility to judge most of these things you'll find that you could solve them a whole lot easier than aligning yourself with one of these parties that doesn't give a damn about you indeed i what did i see some crazy stat that it said biden has been in in Congress or in 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 um... oh, it was like fifty years, like a fifth of the time the nation's been, a, it, exa- been a ex- exactly, exactly. It was like twenty. Yeah. It was like twenty percent of the time that the U.S. has even been a country. He's been a he's been a politician even, for twenty percent of it. Picking, even without picking on Biden specifically, only government can say can take a problem that they've created and say the only solution to this problem is the government. And they <laughs> create the problem. Ah. 
you're going to be arrested as a you're going to be arrested by the FBI as another Michigan am, fucking probably, militia I'm guy. Plotting, I'm, probably some, I'm yeah. probably plotting something I don't even know about right now. Yeah, yeah, we are on this podcast. God damn it. Okay, so um, I'm going to change it up again. And there was another birthday this week. Um, Tom, you know the band, the only ones. I I assume you probably know the song uh, "Another Girl, Another Planet." That's the most oh, famous yeah, yeah. song, right? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm I'm only vaguely familiar with them, though. If I'm being honest, so yeah, they put out three albums in their heyday. Um, when when was their heyday? Early eighties? Uh, no, no, it was uh, seventy. I think they came out right, oh, right as punk started, so it was like seventy six okay. through seventy six through seventy nine, eighty. I think they split. Okay. Um, put out three great albums. Can you imagine that? We were talking about these bands now. They can't put out a record every eight years. They put out three records in three years and split up. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, and obviously wrote, wrote that absolute classic stone dead classic another girl out of the planet but uh anyway peter parrot from the uh only ones who had a heroin addiction for years it's amazing he's still alive uh to be honest he's put out a couple of solo records the last few years that are actually really good um but anyway he turns 70 so um like a lot of the mm. original like a lot of the original punks right oh oh good so this has led me to something else i want to talk about but um peter parrot turns 70 so i'm going to play a song by the only ones it's not going to be another girl another planet this is actually uh, don't give the people don't give the people what they want i won't know? well this is another very very early song though this was off uh, actually off their first jump peel session and i don't know whether this was song was actually ever recorded on a, on a record for them this song is just called oh no so uh, this is the only ones with Oh No. So there you go. That was the the only ones with Oh No, and um, yeah, that was a John Peel session, and I believe they also recorded it for another Radio One session. Uh, but the, the, <laughs> the, the only way I know about, I knew about that song was my brother 
who um, was older than me, and he didn't really get noted, into... Noted, noted Led Zeppelin fan. Yeah, exactly. Led Zeppelin, Hall & Oates. He liked a lot of stuff. He saw Aerosmith on their first uh, first US uh, UK tour. I mean, he's got... He loved, he loved music, right? He, he And he was old he's enough... Just a rock and roll, more like a rock and roll guy. Well, just it's annoying to me because he was old enough to have been there really at the first wave. I mean, he could have seen the Pistols. Yeah. He's old enough to do all that stuff. But he didn't. Some of the well, bands... Well, why would he do that when he could just beat up people who dress different? Well, the funny thing was he actually went to see the Stranglers. He loved the Stranglers. So he did go and see yeah. the Stranglers, but he, he didn't really... And he liked the well, Pistols. Well, they weren't like a... They were definitely not the Pistols, though. They were older school. They were more... I could see that. Well, I could to, see going... To give him his due, he did have... To, the Pistols were supposed to play just outside of Wallasey in Birkenhead, and he did have tickets to see that, but then that got canceled. So he he never actually did go. Was it because was it because they were going to corrupt the youth? And the, Yep, I'm the, sure uh, that's exactly what it was. Stepped in or whatever? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so he had, he had a, a weird cassette... And I was listening to it one day, I don't know, just looking for a tape that I could tape over, right? And he had a cassette, and it had a couple of, like, radio sessions from, like, Champ 69 and The Only Ones, which was really, really huh. weird. But it was songs I'd never heard before by any of those bands, by those bands. So, anyway, that's how I knew that song. So, it's a good song. Huh. So, it turns 70. But, anyway, so... So it's not quite an exclusive, but it's probably going to be strange to a lot of you. It might not have been heard in the U.S. for fucking 50 years. Um, hmm. So have you seen, talking about the Sex Pistols and the original punk stuff, have you seen that trailer for that? Uh, what's going to be that Sex Pistols TV show? It's funny. I see that it's getting passed around, but I actually have not. I did not watch it. You have to watch it, man. It looks miserable. It looks just as bad as Sid and Nancy. It looks miserable. Hmm. Um. So, yeah, we can actually talk about this a little bit later, too, as well, because I know we're going to touch on a I, couple I of people think, dying. I, I it's, so it's, it's Disney, and who's doing it? Disney is – I think Disney does a bad job a lot of this stuff. Anything that needs to be gritty, they they screw it up. Yeah, I can't remember who the who the director of it is. It, it's um, He's a famous guy. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's somebody famous, right? Yeah. It's um, got a big name attached to it. Yeah, and yeah. I can't remember either, no. But uh, yeah, so the trailer shows you know the it's it's like a thirty second trailer, right? It's it's really really short. Um, it's called the miniseries is going to be called Pistol, and it's at the end of uh, showing on FX, I think, at the end of May. Oh, Danny Boyle is the guy who did it. Danny Boyle, okay. yeah, Danny Boyle did six six episodes. Um, so the guys playing the pistols are just ridiculously cardboard cutouts. And like most things, they've made it just look all too clean. Like the leather jackets and stuff are all too clean and everything is just looks pristine. And, you know, the 70s in England, it was a filthy, fucking dour, miserable time. It certainly wasn't all mm. multicolored and nice like this is. But, um, so uh, there was a couple of deaths, right, in uh, in the punk rock scene this this last hey, week. Uh, uh, before we get into okay. the deaths, Go ahead. Did, you, did you read the book it's based on? I didn't. I didn't read this. I no. I've read the uh, the Glenn Matlock Pistols book, and I've read the Johnny Rotten one, okay. but I haven't read the Steve Jones one though. So it's worth re. The book is definitely worth reading. It's called the Lonely Boy. Lonely Boy. Yep. Yeah, because I ha- I do have a copy of it, and it's very uh, it's very quick read, very good. He's basically Steve Jones basically admits that he was a criminal and a sex fiend. I mean, it's. I mean, he's very. If he's lying about things, I can't imagine what he's holding back. <laughs> Is it's not a very flattering, yeah, portrait of him. As far well, maybe it is because you know he he was a good thief and he betted a lot of famous 
uh, you know, women, and the quantity was certainly there. Well, Glenn, the, Glenn, Glenn Matlock has a famous story of when they were living together in the pistols in a squat that uh, Steve used to uh, get a loaf of bread, dig a hole in it, put some liver in it, and he would fuck mm. the loaf. He would fuck the loaf of bread mm. with the liver in it. Yeah, so there you go. I don't know if he says that in his book, but that's what Glenn Matlock said. Okay. I'll tell you what, I'd rather do that to liver than eat it if I had to choose, if we're being honest. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, I'm sorry, Neil, who who died? Okay, so... Um, Other than our youth. So, well, okay, so we had two people that died this week, right? We had um, we had Jordan, who was... Um, okay, Jordan me, Mooney. about this Jordan, because when, when you said, or I think you might have posted on our page or whatever, that she died, and I'm just like... Is that Michael Jordan? Or okay, so I don't know who this Jordan person is. Tell me, tell me what her role was. Okay, so Jordan was one of the. Um, well, I mean, she was originally famous. She worked at Sex, which was the. Um, which oh, is, the which, shop, which okay, is Malcolm okay. McLaren's shop, right? She was the famous, the famous girl. Uh, girl, yeah, she was a girl. She always looked like a woman, but she was she was a girl because she was young. Um, who were dressed in outrageous, you know, bondage outfits and her face was painted and her hair was all spiked and stuff, which in 1976, you might as well have been from outer space. I mm. mean, I'm sure she got spat out on the streets. I'm sure she had people trying to beat her up and shit. So that took a lot of balls. So in all those early Sex Pistols, uh, movies, uh, photos and stuff, you'll always see, you know, um, she was at all the shows. Jordan was at all the shows. She did everything around, you know, that early scene. The, the hundred punks famously referenced in the uh, yep. generation x song right? yep, yep yep exactly um her and sue catwoman even though jordan was probably more famous than sue catwoman was um so anyway jordan um died uh this week i believe of complications caused by cancer i believe i'd say not that old right i mean she's in her 60s only, 60s yeah. yeah 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 and she actually wrote a biography came out last year which is supposed to be supposed to be really good uh which i have not read but uh, anyway, yeah, so she died. And uh, the reason I bring that up in regards to that Sex Pistols thing is because uh, she is being played in that Sex Pistols show by Maisie Williams. Who did, did you ever watch Game of Thrones, Tom? Were you a Game of Thrones fan? I have not. Now, my, my older son has been trying to harass me into watching that for, well, at least a couple of years now. But I have not watched it. Okay, so I don't, uh, my wife, I don't know that my wife would enjoy it. She's not super into the hyper violence stuff, so it I'm was. Sure I'd it. Yeah, it was. It was super. It was very violent. It was also really good, you know, if you, especially if you like like medieval type stuff or Lord of the yes. Rings type especially stuff. Especially if you like incest. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, and very bloody. But anyway, so it is. Uh, Jordan is played by Maisie Williams, who was Arya Stark in uh, Game is of Thrones. Is that the real like pasty super blonde chick? No, she's the no, she's a super young one who basically played like a. She almost looked like a little boy in the in the show. She was, mm. I mean, she was young when it started, is. right? But she was. Uh, as long as it's not Megan Kelly, right? No, she looks like she looks like an elf, basically. Anyway, she she okay. is the one playing Jordan in the uh, in the in a TV show, which I thought was interesting. So mm. that was that that clip came out, and Jordan died the next day. So I don't think they're anything to do with each other. Coinc- but there you go. Coincidence? <laughs> yes. Probably not. I think not. Yes. She probably died of embarrassment. So uh, who else died, Tom? Do you do you know who else died this uh, week? The singer from the Saints, probably the greatest Australian punk band, right? Uh, probably the the most well known. Yeah, Chris Bailey, the uh, Saints I, so singer I must and admit, songwriter. Once again, Chris Bailey. So I, I actually know Radio Birdman a little better than I know the Saints. I don't really know the Saints very well. I know the that classic first album, "I'm Stranded." Mm-hmm. Um, so 
tell me about the Saints. So I, I, I don't really know much about the Saints. I mean, I know they were from Australia. They were like an early punk band. I mean, were you a fan of the Saints? I was, but only because, uh, you know, at the time, back in the early, uh, early 70s, late 70s, you know, people talked up the Saints like they were this mythical thing. And uh, and they were, because, I mean, they were coming around at the same time as, as, as the Ramones. I mean, that first album is 76. So, oh, was it 76? Yeah, and they do sound like, you know, they're very aggressive. They have the whole thing down, right? Yeah. They were they weren't copying it, anybody it clearly. Amazing, right? That that it was going on like kind of was coalescing all mm-hmm. over the yep. world at the same time, right? Yep, exactly. It is it is amazing. Um and that first now, granted, rem- obviously Australia is a obviously Australia has really close ties to Great Britain and it's a heavy American influence. So I guess it's not you know, they you probably could get Velvet Underground and Stooges records in Oh yeah, Australia. Of course, easily. yeah, you could. Yeah, but still, it's early. You know, early shit, right? So, um, and actually, yeah. talking about uh, Radio Birdman, actually, I actually much prefer the Saints to Radio Birdman. Um, Radio mm. Birdman. I, I mean, I like some of their stuff, but they had a real pretentious Don't edge tell to the, them. The Godoy brother. Don't tell the Godoy. <laughs> I know, brother. right? Yeah, yeah, throat. yeah. They will. They'll fight. They'll fight me. Um, Dennis. I, Dennis. Dennis Tech. Right the... Dennis Tech. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they just. I saw a documentary on Radio Birdman, and they just had a real pretentious edge to them, whereas the Saints just seemed mm. to come across as much more straightforward. Um, but anyway, yeah, Chris Bailey, the front man and founder of uh, of the Saints, he died just a couple days ago. So, um, yeah, that's sad. And well, a lot of this, it's so, yeah, I, I I'm going to, we're, we're going to do our Casey Kasem long distance death dedication. I'm actually going to skip my best of spam, best of friends, worst of spam, whatever it is segment today. And I'm going to play a Saints song. And actually we already played this song. Neil, do you remember playing this song? Um, no, I'm sure. I mean, I'm stranded is their most famous song. Classic. Well, classic so when single. we had, when we had, when we had Bo from Antagonizers, they had covered this song, and mm. you wanted to play the Antagonizers version of I'm Stranded. So this is the original Saints version from 76, you say, huh? Yeah, what that first album was, yeah, 76. Yep. I have not verified that you're right, but I'm going <laughs> to... Tell, I'm telling you. I mean, maybe it was released in the U.S. <laughs> in 77, like the first Clash album. That gets me so fucking angry. And they screwed up the... Oh boy, dude! Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and turn my microphone off. So forty, it's okay. So everyone over the last week on Facebook, forty five years since the first Clash album, and then they'll post so, a picture. So can of you that. tell the difference by the cover? Because yes. you, you you're the guy always throwing a fit about it. But you, is the cover different? Covers okay, different. Yes, that. yes. The 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 <laughs> the first English or the UK version of the first Clash album came out in seventy seven, and uh, the Clash. Writing is bottom right. Seventy-seven, Neil. I'm stranded. Nineteen seventy-seven. I'm on disguise right now. Well, that's fine. But I'm telling you, Pre- prehistoric sounds. Seventy-eight. Eternally yours. Seventy-eight. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. First Clash album. British release. Clash. Bottom right. American version. It's top left. And the American version didn't come out till '79 because CBS. Oh, is that the only difference? Where yes. they put the name? Well, that's, well, that's, well, it's, it's okay. not. It's not the only difference, but it's the way that I can tell straight away once someone posts the cover. Okay. Because the album is completely different. Well, you learned something. I've learned something. Now I'll forget which was which. By and the, the time we're done okay, and the American about. version is green. But potentially, you could learn something. The American version is green, just like the English version, but the type is different. The Canadian version is like the American version, but the cover is blue. So. Oh, who cares about the Canadians? <laughs> But the Americans, for whatever reason, CBS decided it was too, I don't know, they they weren't going to release that album in the U.S. in 77. So it didn't release in the U.S. till 79, after Give Him Enough Rope. 
So go figure that one. And they cut out like five of the best songs and replaced them with like singles and B-sides, which didn't fit the first album at all. So that first version of the, uh, the, the US version of the Clash album is just a bastardized piece of crap. I hate it. So there you so go. So I don't have, Sand. so I actually do not have, I can't reach it, so I'm not going to reach from here, but I can't, I actually don't have the on a vinyl. I have like, they did those pretty decent reissues, I don't know, around 2000 or something. Yeah, yeah, I yep. wonder if I have the British. I bet. See, I bet you it has the full British version and then the B sides because on CD you can do all that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, but and and, and the reason it gets me so angry is just because the Clash first album in the UK, those were the songs, those were the set list, that was exactly what they were doing at that time. And as you know, with the Clash, they started experimenting with all kinds of different sounds and stuff like that. So by '79, sure. they were almost a different band. So for them yeah. to be putting singles and B sides from '79 in with that '77 stuff. It just does not work. So that's what annoys me mm. about that. Anyway. Anyway, we were talking about the Saints and their yes. famous first album from 1977. Well, 77. When, when, do, you, when do you think they wrote the songs? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> anyway. All right. Listen, this is the Saints doing. I'm stranded. I'm stranded. <laughs> yes, you are stranded. <laughs> Well done. Your baby don't know how it hurts to be stranded. 
Saints with I'm Stranded there, and uh, and yeah, so, I, you know, he was only 65, so I don't know what he died of. Did, did you hear what he died of? I did not, no. So they formed in 73, so uh, hmm. actually, it's, that's a year before the, before the Ramones, right? The Ramones were 74, I believe, right? 74, yeah. yeah. 73 was the last Stooges album. Oh, look at this. In June 76, the Saints recorded two tracks, I'm Stranded and No Time. Oh, there so maybe go. the single came, maybe the single came out in seventy six. Debut single in September seventy six. Yes, oh, we're both wrong, Neil. I'm not wrong. I'm exactly both correct. Wrong. Yes. Right. No, but it is amazing though that you're right that this shit was happening like all over the world at the, about the same time. Just shows how upset everybody was with the with the with the state of music at the time, right? The bad the bad prog rock on the radio. Yeah, I mean Jesus. Jesus, yes, yes. I mean, the best-known Australian punk band? Probably, I would imagine, right? I mean... It's the Saints, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, here's the thing. You go Saints, you go Radio Birdman, and then it's a significant drop. Then you got what? Uh, the Chats? <laughs> no, there's a couple other. There's, like, one that was really good in the late 80s, and it's killing me that I can't think of what their name is. Cosmic Psychos. Mm, okay. We're good, yeah, yeah. and there was... What's the other one with the the guy with the dreadlocks? Like a no effects type or like a fat wreck type? Frenzo Romp. Mm. Don't know. We have oh, though them? We oh, they can some, go fuck we themselves. Have some Australian listeners. We probably totally put them off. Oh, I'm, I think, I'm, oh, I'm I think sure. One of them has actually sent us a list of some decent stuff that came out of Australia. So. Well, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I'm loving some of the newer Australian stuff, right? But um, going back to that classic stuff, I mean, geez, but back in the day, you know, going back to the late '70s, people thought uh, Rose Tattoo were were a punk rock band. Ah, just yeah. because they look like skinheads and you know had tattoos and stuff like that, so they were a weird one, right? Because yeah. I know they have a huge cult following. They those guys are geezers, but they still are around. Some version of the band, yeah. But they were like punk meets what, like ACDC or something, like right? hard rock or something. Yeah, well, like, geez, yeah. A- ACDC back in the punk section. So okay, so history lesson for you youngsters out there. So in England back in the late seventies, there would there would be so few punk albums that um, the albums wouldn't be mixed in, like, with the regular alphabetical oh, sure. bins. There'd be a special punk section. and um, Well, that's the best. You don't have to look through all the other Fleetwood Mac albums and well, stuff. Yeah, but it would be, dude, it would be, like, the ACDC. There'd be, um, uh, what, who else? Uh, geez, who was that? Like, there was, like, rock and roll bands in there. Like, but anyone that had a Skull and Bones on the cover would be the, pi- <laughs> the Pirates. The Pirates would be in there. There'd be a couple well, of nominal... The, uh, the more rock and roll. There'd be a nominal like U.S. thing in there, like the shirts or someone like that. Maybe Richard Hell, and then you'd have like a Stranglers, one Stranglers album, maybe one of the Vibrators album or something. So those early days were lean. And at some places, like if you went to like a like a um, 
a record store that was uh, nationwide kind of thing, um, the punk box would be kept underneath the counter. They didn't like to have some of those records, like the like damned dirty, first like album dirty cover. Mag, like dirty yeah, magazine. exactly. You'd have to ask to see the punk box, and they'd bring it out mm. like it was like something that you know you have to be over eighteen to look at. So uh, you have that... to go. You have to go behind that beaded, that weird beaded <laughs> curtain where all the perverts go. Well, I mean, have I told you this? When I tried to buy the first Clash album in the end of '77, I was fourteen. The guy didn't want to sell it to me. <laughs> Like, well, you I mean you saw what happened here in the States. Like some some cops kid bought like the Dead Kennedys album or something and they sued the you know, they yeah. caused a big ruckus. He's like, You sure you want this? Is this really what you want? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Now Jello oh. is a cop. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't say that. He'll yeah. give us a long, boring, fucking winded speech about <laughs> exactly. it or something. Exactly. Yeah. I love to listen to him talk, but the content has definitely gone downhill over the years. And All another right. thing, I would like to tell you exactly. about my record collection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd re- yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> so what else, Tom? What else? Or have we have we have we tired our listeners out with this nonsense? You know, I have to pee really bad. <laughs> of course you do. Probably, probably wouldn't be the worst time. Well, the thing is, I'm not drinking it. I'm just drinking just the iced water. Well, I've been drinking Modelo because that's all that's in my fridge right now. Yeah, tell you what mm. I did. I, t- I tell you what I did because I told you my landlord was in my apartment as I was moving. So we had yeah. the two moving guys, and they moved all my heavy furniture down. And uh, we were in such a hurry to get out of there, I completely forgot the shit that was in my fridge. Oh. <laughs> I mean, not that there was a lot left. I don't know if you remember when you when you were there that Saturday. Pretty much all I, I had was like ketchup and shit, and maybe maybe a couple of <laughs> bottles of beer. But still, um, I yeah, all well, I listen, have ketchup is, is easy. Ketchup is easy to replace, but it's never easy to leave beer behind. Exactly correct. Yes. So. So anyway, I think you have one last song for us too. Do you not? I do. I am going to play. Uh, I'll play us out with a. This is another song by the Saints. This is off their second album. Um, which was called Eternally Yours, and this will be probably the second most famous song. This is This Perfect Day, which I think is even better than I'm Stranded, mm. um, but there you go. So, uh, so yeah, um, nothing else to talk about, so we will, uh, we will talk to you sometime soon, right, T? I'm sure. Anything Thanks else, anything else, anything else that you want to say that we forgot to, forgot, forgot to bring up? Thank you for listening to episode number six. Oh, I'm sorry, one sixty six of the Punk News podcast. Indeed, and, of the uh, Punk News podcast. Punk till I die. Podcast. Boy, that's a Freudian slip, huh? Yeah. The, <laughs> the punk till I die. Yes. Thank you. I told thank you, you I had to that. pee. I can't concentrate. Can't concentrate. Anyway. Yes. So uh, yeah, Thanks keep a little mark in your heart. Stay free, and uh, we mm-hmm. will. Uh, we'll we'll, see you later. Yep. Yeah, talk to you on the dark side. Bye, everybody.